Hey guys, I'm very excited to introduce you to my guest today. We have Doc Frank. He is the owner of Addiction Mindset Recovery Coaching, and he is famous on TikTok with around like 430,000 followers. <laughs> Pretty crazy. So that's where I know him from, and I knew I wanted to invite him on to talk about quitting nicotine and see what he has to say, because I know a lot of my audience is, you know, struggling with that. I did make an episode about how I quit nicotine about a year ago, and I got a lot of downloads and a lot of amazing responses. So I wanted to give more to you guys. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, yeah. I really appreciate you having me on. That was that was super nice of you. Of course. <laughs> so, Doc Frank, tell us, what is your background first? Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's a great question. So I, my actual doctorate is in chiropractic care, and I have private practices here in Western New York. Now, outside of that, people are like, well, what's that have to do with addiction? Why do you help people with addiction? So I'm a New York State licensed addiction recovery coach, and that's the professional terminology. It's a addiction recovery coaching license, and that's through the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And I own the company Addiction Mindset LLC. And we are a privately held addiction recoaching company that works with people one-on-one -on -one in group settings. We work with a lot of the local schools here in New York State. And we help people who struggle with nicotine, THC, energy drinks, and adult media content. So kind of like an offshoot. Most people hear addiction and they think like, oh, heroin and pills and right. alcohol. <laughs> We're kind of in this niche category of topics. <laughs> and that's what we do. Great. It's awesome what you guys do. So tell us, how do you define addiction? Yeah, I actually, it's funny. I was thinking about this when you, uh, you know, said that you were going to ask that question. I was like, this is a tough question to answer. <laughs> and my favorite definition out of is this. Dr. Andrew Huberman uh, said this on his YouTube podcast, who I'd recommend if people are struggling with addiction, check out his content. He said, it's the progressive narrowing of things in life that bring people pleasure, that bring people pleasure. So the narrowing of things in life that brings someone joy, that's addiction. And I view addiction as it's an obsession. And if we become obsessed with something that's not good for us in terms, for me specifically, um, I focus on that thing so intensely and with every ounce of energy to a point where everything else in life starts to fade away including things that once brought me joy. So if, you know, that for an individual might be relationships, finances, um, uh, faith, whatever it is for a person that they care about. Mm -hmm. that, that's, that's my favorite definition of addiction right there. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. So have you been addicted to nicotine and what was your experience like? Yeah, absolutely. I, um, so it started when I was younger. I was probably about 16 years old. And I had a cigarette. That was where it all began. Oh, no, it began with a cigar, with the cigars. <laughs> and I got pretty heavy into cigars around the age of 16. I thought it was cool. <laughs> and then eventually, I got into chewing tobacco. That was in high school. I went to an all-guys high school. And everyone chewed tobacco. So that was just like what we did. Uh, once I hit college, vapes were like becoming popular. And I had a cousin that worked for one of the vape companies. I don't even know if you would know what this is, but hey, do you remember like the, this might have been before your time, the blue e-cigarettes? They were mm. like the first ones yeah. out there. I remember they, the, like the image, yeah. 
Yeah, they were. They had like commercials on television for him and everything. And he gave me one of those, and he was like, "Hey, you should start vaping to quit chewing tobacco." And he was like, "You know, when you're out drinking with your friends instead of smoking cigarettes, because I didn't smoke super heavy." He was like, "Just use this." Mm-hmm. So that was my first introduction to vaping, and it kind of worked at first. And I honestly, I don't know if I was just like not super educated. I guess it took me a while to understand things. I truly thought like, oh, it's just vapor. It's like air just being water, turned into water with like not the brightest bulb uh, <laughs> with, uh, with nicotine in it, to be honest. And um, I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, it's not chemicals. It's just air with nicotine. And uh, anyway, so I got pretty heavy into that. And I then Jewel came out and, and Jewel was pretty popular for, yeah. for my time. And that really sucked me in. Now, what wound up happening, though, was I was using nicotine to quit nicotine. Like, I was using nicotine in a vape to quit nicotine in a cigarette or chewing tobacco, which arguably is, certainly compared to cigarettes, harm reduction. But I just wound up getting addicted to all three. So now, when I'm out drinking with my friends, I'm smoking cigarettes. When I'm inside the bar, I'm using my vape. When I'm driving home in the taxi, I'm chewing tobacco. And when I'm, you know, at work the next day, I'm predominantly vaping. So vaping for me didn't help me quit. It actually just skyrocketed my nicotine consumption. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yes, I certainly was addicted to nicotine quite <laughs> intensely. And then for about a period of nine or 10 years, not all those things in nine or 10 years, but over the course of nine or 10 years, it was that combination of nicotine products. Wow. That's a, that's a, yeah, a time. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, 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 you know, I always thought I was in high school and I was like, Oh, I'm going to quit when I graduate high school. I'm going to quit chewing tobacco. I'm going to quit vaping and chewing tobacco when I, you know, finish my bachelor's degree. I'm going to quit vaping and chewing tobacco when I finish my chiropractic. I'm going to quit when I get a relationship. I'm going to quit when blah, 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 blah. And it's always like that. It's always the excuses. <laughs> it really was. And mm-hmm. like so much time went by. It was, yeah. Yeah. It's like next thing you know, years go by and you're still on the same thing. But yeah, vaping is definitely so bad because you can do it anywhere. And it's like, to me, I don't see it as a you know good way to quit because it's just giving you you know more areas to do it in. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know? and you know the thing, the reality is, like so many people love to bash me on TikTok and be like, "Oh, well, it's you know for quitting cigarettes, you shouldn't bash vaping. Talk about cigarettes." Most of the people commenting that have never smoked cigarettes. Yeah. So <laughs> You're right. If you've been a smoker for 20 years and you quit vaping, like, Godspeed. That's awesome. I'm all for that. And if you want to keep doing that, keep doing it. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you've never smoked cigarettes, like, all you did was introduce something harmful into your body. That's not harm reduction or anything. That's just you picked up a bad thing. That's that's all. Yeah. Um, And you said something, too, that, that really actually just struck me a little bit. Waking up day in and day out telling myself I was going to stop and being in the exact same place over and over again really, really, really started to bother me. Mm-hmm. And I that eventually carried over into like my, my life circumstances. I'm going to change this. I'm going to start this YouTube channel. I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to do this. And I just kept waking up in the same spot day in and day out. And I think some of that was behavior learned throughout my addiction with 
uh, nicotine, I became accustomed to lying to myself. I mm-hmm. became accustomed to not seeing a promise that I made to myself through. And, and that really started to eat, eat away at me towards the end of my, uh, my journey with nicotine. So that struck a chord with me when you said that. Oh, that was nice. oh yeah. Like when I was close to the end of, um, you know, trying to quit, like I remember, you know, taking the day off. I was like, okay, I got through it. I got through one day, but the urge was like eating me alive. And my coil was so burnt. It was disgusting. And I still wanted to hit it. And I remember like sitting back in my bed after I did that and my brain telling me, lying to me that like, oh, it's okay. Like, there's no point of quitting now. Like you can do it. It's not going to kill you. Like everyone does it. And at that moment, that's when everything changed because I realized my brain was just rewired and all I had to do (laughs) was fight it (laughs) because it's really insane what your brain will like trick you to do. You are absolutely correct. Addiction takes advantage of us in very, very specific ways. It really does hijack those pathways in your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to do with dopamine and how it's giving you those dopamine hits and all that fun stuff. But it's awesome what you said. It really is at the end of the day, especially early on in quitting, you do just got to kind of fight it a little bit. Like yeah. there's no way around it. It's, nope. you know, you, you got to just tell yourself like, no, no, no. Yeah. So how, what was your journey quitting? Yeah, it was, so I thought it was going to be through vaping, which that, as I said, made things worse. Um, and then I tried countless times to quit and I always wound up on one or the other, something mm-hmm. like that. Eventually I actually read, it was a book, Alan Carr, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And that was the first time it really clicked. And the emphasis of his book was dismantling any perceived benefits of nicotine. Mm-hmm. So his whole thing was, listen, you're not getting any benefit from this. I know you think you are, but you're not. Mm -hmm. And then he broke down all the ways in showing a person and how they're not benefiting from vaping or smoking or chewing tobacco, whatever it is. And that is the first time for me it really, really clicked. And that I would say is right around the time when I quit. Now, coincidentally, I was also kind of like a bit of a health crisis with various different things. So that certainly had a bit of fire under my ass too <laughs> to, to stop. So yeah, but it was just cold turkey. Mm-hmm. I tried Nicorette gum, I, which in my opinion was the same mistake I made the first time around. I was trying to use nicotine to quit nicotine, which just, it, again, it's, it's great harm reduction, but it didn't make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And the problem was when I was using Nicorette, as long as I kept consuming nicotine, I was keeping all those nicotine receptors in my brain alive. Yep. So here I am like using nicotine, but still dying to vape. And I was like, what is going on? I haven't vaped in a few weeks. And then the moment I'd stop the Nicorette, I'd be right back on the vape. And it was just cold turkey for me was was the, the ultimate method of how I quit. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not against people quitting with Nicorette gum. People can quit however they want. Um but I do find cold turkey to be the most successful, especially when I'm working with people on it. Yeah. So I actually also, you mentioned in the book that you know, it said the, the cons of you know nicotine addiction and all that. I actually wrote my own list of the pros and cons. And I realized how many cons there were and how I made you know the decision and I made the realization that nicotine does not do anything for me, anything good for me. 
The only thing it does is make my life worse. It makes me more anxious. I had a really bad cough from drooling and my mom was so concerned. And I couldn't even tell her why I was coughing. <laughs> and so like, it just, I, I was tired of depending on people and trying to get, you know, this nicotine. It was a piece of plastic. I felt weak. I felt like I didn't have control of my life. And that's what really got me. And so I also quit cold turkey um, because, yeah, when you're feeding those receptors, they're always going to want more. They're going to beg you because your brain's rewired to want that. So when you stop it cold turkey, it's going to scream at you to give it more nicotine. But that's only for a little bit. But I found that it's mostly the mindset that comes with, you know, quitting addiction because, you know, your brain's the first thing that has to, you know, be ready for it. You have to fight it. I for sure agree with you. And when you talk about mindset, even how you were just talking about the, the receptors, they're going to scream for more nicotine. When I heard them screaming at me, I was like, I'm going to starve these little bastards. Yes. Um, and that was kind of like the, the mentality that I developed, like one-on-one -on -one, me versus addiction. Yep. And each time I felt those withdrawals, each time I felt that, that discomfort from it, I just said, okay, I'm winning. Like mm -hmm. I'm actually winning this time. So yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a very powerful, that that's a very, very powerful mindset. And not to mention you're now becoming uncomfortable with a certain degree of discomfort. And that, that, that's a trait that a lot of people don't have. That's why I think quitting oh, yeah. can be such a powerful experience for people, mm -hmm. right? Like it makes you do something that you weren't comfortable with and you have to learn to handle that and manage it. And, you know, on top of doing something that at one point in your life, you didn't think you were maybe capable of doing, um, you know, if people need a reason to quit. I think that's one of the biggest reasons. Mm -hmm. Just pr prove to yourself that you're capable of doing something that you didn't think you could. Um, that yeah. might lead to some pretty crazy changes in your life. Oh, yeah. Quitting vaping was literally the best thing I've ever done for myself. And it changed my life. Like, it changed the way I saw myself. It, Like, I started you know, starting projects, I started actually doing stuff and like fulfilling that hole in me. And I wanted to go back to the whole quitting thing, like writing down what would trigger me um, really helped. I got this app called Smoke Free. And so I would like journal when I would get triggered. What did I like, if I had coffee, that would trigger me if I like ate food that would trigger like a lot of things you realize trigger you. And you just have to replace that but in a way that you're like distracting your mouth, which is what I realized. I started chewing gum like on my car rides because I would like to vape then or like, you know, certain situations. And just knowing that I didn't want to feel weak really helped me push through it. And I've tried to quit many, many times. Like that was my sixth attempt or something. But this time it was all because of my mindset. I was ready to fight the demons. <laughs> and even though I felt those uncomfortable feelings and my withdrawals and when I got triggered, I would sit there and be like, come at me. <laughs> that, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. I love that. That's an incredible way to do it. That's like, yeah. exactly. Throw what you got. Like, bring it. Yeah. That's incredible. For real. That's yeah. And when the, when, I, when the nicotine like fully gets out of your system, I felt like I just got reborn again. Like, I was myself again. It was like this whole like smoke like fog that was in front of me the entire time that I was addicted completely disappeared and I felt normal and I was like what that's insane 
I can, and I've recently learned more about this, and I can kind of, I think, give some insight to what that is that happens to a person. I, I was always under the impression, oh, nicotine gives me dopamine, and I need dopamine. I'm like, I don't know if I have ADHD, but I'm like a, a wild individual, <laughs> and my mind is always going. And um, I always thought like, oh, nicotine's good. It's giving me dopamine. It's been shown to help with this. Okay. Uh, recently, because I felt the same way as you after I quit, that same experience. I've come to learn that when we partake in addiction chronically, we, we wind up in a state of dopamine deficit. And we we actually lose a lot of that dopamine production, especially if you look at nicotine addiction, something that pumps out like 150% more dopamine than your average dopamine producing activity. And your body down regulates it. So what happens is when someone's quitting, they're already in a state of dopamine deficiency. They don't feel good. That's why they're quitting because mm -hmm. the person doesn't feel good. And then after about 30 to 90 days is that dopamine starts to rebalance and you start to get that motivation back again for like whatever hobbies, things you enjoyed, whatever mm -hmm. you're, you know, pursuing the reasons why you wanted to quit. That's where that like, ah, some weight was lifted off to me. I think there's a, a really like a neurochemical reason for that. And, mm -hmm. and from what I'm understanding nowadays and what I've learned more since being in this field is. That's that's actually your brain healing. That's like quite literally a healing thing that's occurring. Wow. That that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't it just it it's so sad how strong nicotine is, like the addiction is because, you know, it it barely impacts our lives if you think about it. Like it's not like we're going to sit in a corner and not move for 5 hours. Like you can still function like a normal human and and it's very accessible, <laughs> which makes it very hard to quit. Um and a lot of reasons I get from my friends or like people who don't want to quit is that they feel like they're going to lose a part of them. It becomes their identity. And, you know, it was part of my identity too, like when I was addicted. But when you quit, you realize it was all fake and your brain just made it up because your brain likes dopamine. <laughs> like, That's absolutely <laughs> right. Addiction will do that addictive part of the brain will do whatever it can to justify itself in your life. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And as far as losing something, I think you're, you're what you did writing out the list of pros and cons. And if you really conclude that there's no pros to this, well, then it's like, what am I losing? And it's like, okay, maybe part of my identity, but at the same time, well, it, to an extent, I was not disgusted, but kind of disgusted with where I was at. I was like, I don't even like this identity anymore. So yeah. like, I got to change this a little bit. Like I'm not happy with it. So you know, again, it comes down to what am I really losing? And the answer was nothing. And that's where we, what you concluded through your quitting process, quitting is not about losing. It's about what you're gaining back. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you had your list of your pros to quitting, the things that you probably viewed as gaining back, right? You want to get rid of the cough, get better breathing, what, whatever other reasons you have, less anxiety. Mm -hmm. That's what you're getting by quitting. You're not giving anything up yeah and, but you have to truly believe that in order for it to be successful right like yeah. you know you gotta you gotta 90 percent believe that maybe and usually a lot of people like even for me my health was not a big concern like you know and and for most nicotine addicts it's not a big concern because no one cares until it's too late <laughs> you know until they're already messed up um and so i would advise to dig even deeper than that and like who do you want to be and like me, I felt 
powerless. I felt like I was a slave. And I was like, this looks stupid. Like, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to be staring at someone hitting Nick and being like, give it to me. Like, you know, like spazzing out. Like, that's embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's literally a piece of plastic. It's a bunch of chemicals. And all they're doing is messing up your body. Why are you freaking out over that? You know what I mean? When you realize, when you come into that space and you realize that it's like that, you're like, dang. <laughs> That's an excellent mindset. Seriously, that is, that, that it's like, dang. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think is the hardest part of quitting? I think the hardest part of quitting, I would say like, I don't, I'm going to say generically, maybe like cravings was like the hardest, like actual thing to deal with. Like whatever you're sweating, you know, I got constipated when I quit. Like I had stupid, right? Like physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. No one likes feeling bloated. Like I, you know, I had all these dumb physical symptoms that sucked. I had my, my muscles hurt. I I had a few other things going on too, but, um, I, I guess cravings on a base level, but I think the hardest part is is actually realizing that you're not letting go of something. I think getting to that mindset is the hardest part. Now, luckily, we got a great podcast like this, and we got people out there talking about it now, so it's kind of becoming more knowledge. Like, But I think that was the hardest thing for me, like actually getting to that place of I'm, I'm not giving something up. Yeah. Um, but like on a more general level, the cravings were the most annoying thing for me about quitting, um, mm-hmm. which would lead to irritability and uh, dysregulated emotions. You know, I'd cry. I'd be really happy and energized yeah. one day, really down another day. That was that was probably it. Oh, yeah. The withdrawals are actually insane. I remember like not having my jewel on me. I went on vacation and like we had a delay. So I was like, I didn't have anything in my system. I tried to like sneak in my jewel (laughs) to the airport and everything. And when I got to France, like I was so dead and I tried to like put my jewel in, did not work. And I freaked out and I was crying. Like that's embarrassing. Like, come on, like for nicotine. Like that's when you realize like the withdrawals, like... (laughs) You don't deserve, yeah. you don't deserve to feel that way. You know, no. it's you, for what? <laughs> and you feel that way. This was the other thing that was eye opening to me. Like when people wake up and get that morning hit, that what you went to bed, your body started to detox. Your body started to enter into a state of withdrawal. You're asleep. So you don't feel it. And then you wake up in an active state of withdrawal. Then you go to school, you go to work. Maybe something comes up where you can't hit your nicotine. After about 30 minutes, especially with the salts versus the mm-hmm. free base, your body's starting to go into withdrawal. So you're literally going through life constantly in and out of this state of withdrawal and detox. Yes. And when you talk about anxiety and fatigue and just mental health, oh my gosh, that's, that's, that's terrifying to think yeah. that I was living that way for nine years. Like, mm-hmm. That's why people get sick eventually. That's that's a that's taxing on the body. Yeah. No. Thanks for bringing that up because, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the whole withdrawal, like the fact that if you don't quit now, you're gonna be have to go through that cycle forever, literally forever. It's nonstop. So when people are like, "I'm gonna take a break," what is the point of that? If you're already gonna get it out of your system, why not stick with it? If you go back. Bam, you're just going to keep giving yourself anxiety. Your body's just going into overdrive for no reason. Like, 
that's that was a big thing that helped me push through because I knew like especially if you track like how long you haven't consumed it it really helps you know you're on the right path like and you don't want to mess up and go backwards because you're gonna have to start all over again (laughs) yeah I that's a great point that you bring up seeing that um forward momentum can be a really good feeling Mm -hmm. you know that's the exact opposite of what we were talking about earlier feeling stuck in the same place over and over again and then tracking and literally watching yourself like progress that's really cool seeing that momentum no awesome point. Yes, thank you. So are there any products you recommend for people suffering through withdrawals or anything like that? Yeah, the the there's one product out there now that's pretty good. It's spelled C-A-P-N-O-S, Capnos Zero. And it's a nicotine vapor-free vaping device. But it like there's no vapor, there's no smoke, there's no anything. It's literally just a piece of plastic with like a flavored cotton swab in it. And you draw through it and then you get a little hint of like mint or whatever essential oil they soak it in. And they have it so there's like a device in there that makes it feel like you're taking a drag or getting a throat hit, Mm. which is kind of cool. Like you have to like suck on it to draw air out of it, um, which is kind of neat. Now, I don't like necessarily say, oh, get this and then start quitting. No, I tell people it's all mindset. Don't worry about it. But if someone keeps coming back to me and they're like, Dr. Frank, it's the hand to mouth motion. I can't break it. Well, by all means, try that then. If it's that, if it's that simple, which usually it doesn't turn out to be, but if it is that simple and that's going to help that much for 20 bucks, Capno Zero is a, a excellent device. I recommend that a lot. And then as far as cravings go, something that I've talked about more recently, um, it does seem that there's good literature supporting the supplement NAC, NAC. And acetylcysteine, uh, as far as cravings go and, uh, feelings of irritability and all that stuff. Now, I still at the end of the day tell people, like, we don't necessarily recommend supplements off the bat or anything. I usually talk about that if someone's really, really struggling, but NAC can help with cravings from what the research says. The Capnos Zero is a great product for hand to mouth motion. And then some, it's wax, smooth move laxative tea. You know, if someone has an eating disorder, be careful with that because people mm. kind of use laxatives and stuff. But, um, that, that, that was something that like I had to do. Like at when mm. I, when I okay, it was ridiculous, but you yeah. know, for like the first week I had to use that product like two or three times. So that's my only <laughs> supplements though. And then some electrolytes, you know, something like that to help out with the sweating. But <laughs> otherwise, it's it, it goes back to mindset yes and mindset top tier like that's the foundation and then for me i realized that because i have like a huge oral fixation i love smoking uh, i had to replace that and you know people who have nicotine addictions probably need something to get that fix and i realized since there's a lot of you know cannabis consumers on my podcast cbd i vaped cbd oh, yeah. high quality cbd you have to get it from a good place um, that really helped me as well as CBD oil because it relaxed my stomach. You know, usually when people vape nicotine, they think they're getting less anxious. It's like, you know, calming them down, but it's just because, you know, their brain's just craving it. But CBD actually relaxed me and I was actually able to quit much faster with it. You bring up a really good point about CBD. CBD has been shown to to help with nicotine addiction. And I guess I haven't talked about that a lot lately just because I'm so deep into all this other stuff. But 
That's a really important one. And I probably should mm-hmm. revisit that sometime soon because we have used CBD gummies with people and oils and stuff. And like mm-hmm. you said, high quality, you don't want to do junk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that, that has shown a lot of benefit for mm-hmm. people. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And exercising, I felt like I couldn't get enough oxygen in my system. Like I always felt like I needed to expand my lungs when I was with withdrawing. So exercising really, really helped. Chewing mint gum really helped. And yeah, that, that was pretty much my protocol. And just keep yourself busy. Honestly, the worst thing you can do is just sitting around and being like, oh my God, I want my hit. Like, Go out with friends, like just go through those days and next thing you know, it's out of your system. You know what I mean? That That's how it worked for me. Like the other times I tried to quit, I would say I'm ready, but I wasn't. I would give it to my friend and next thing you know, I'm like losing my mind like in a corner. So you're, the way you're going to succeed with quitting really depends on your mindset. Get that right first. Be ready. <laughs> You're 100% right. And that's my fear when I talk about it. I guess that's why I don't talk about supplements a lot. I'll say all that. And then someone here is like me say knack or like CBD. And they're like, oh, I'll take, I'll take knack to quit. And I'm like, no, damn it. You missed no. the whole first hour of the podcast. Um, so like, I, I think it's awesome that you, I completely agree. It's, and you brought up a great point too. Yeah. Going out with friends, doing things, exercising. Um, you know, there's benefit to cold showers. There's benefit to saunas, um, mm-hmm. ex- exposing your body to hot or cold stuff like that. Yeah. Staying busy was important for me. It was out of that feeling of kind of like anxiousness, nervous energy when I wasn't vaping mm-hmm. that a lot of good things actually came because my brain and body was like, I got to do something. And that's where I started to get involved in more and more things. Eventually that, that nervous energy led to TikTok. Um, you know, I was like, oh, I can make TikToks when I feel this way. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So would, is there any advice you would give to people who like, like want to quit really bad, but they don't feel ready? Like they don't have a good enough reason. You know what I mean? Is there any way to speed up that process or do they have to just wait till they're somehow ready? <laughs> yeah. I, no, that's a great point. I think, um, it, it is very important to have a reason. Uh, I think. It comes down to just continually going back to trying to find that reason, like how you wrote it out and Mm -hmm. you tried to make sense of it. Keep writing out. Keep trying to make sense of quitting. That would be one thing. I would tell people if you want to quit, you might not ever feel fully ready because you're already in that state of dopamine deficit. So the very thing that gives you motivation Mm -hmm. is physiologically lacking when you have an addiction. So like that motivation might not come. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kind of determination behind, but I go, when people don't have a reason, I just say, what if the only reason is to prove to yourself you're capable of doing something mm-hmm. that you didn't think you were capable of. And I say, why would you continue doing something that you no longer want to be doing anymore. Like that's a horrible feeling to yeah. be feeling like you're forced to do something that you that you're not even wanting to do. So that that would be that would be it. But no, at the end of the day, for someone to quit successfully, typically I do need them to come up with some reason. It can be small, but mm-hmm. I usually need something. Um, and most people who want to quit have that they might not know what it is but it's somewhere in there if they just think about it yeah it's i mean everyone i talk to who like vapes they always say i'm gonna quit one day 
I'm going to quit. <laughs> like, it's crazy how everyone wants to quit, but most of them don't do it. And even all my friends were concerned when I was vaping a ton. All of my friends, they were like, oh my God, Leah, you have to slow down. This is so bad. Like, and guess what? None of them quit. <laughs> and I was the only one. And I'm like, listen to my podcast, do this and that. But dang, it really comes down to your mindset. Like, if you're not ready, you're not ready. Like, that's absolutely right. And that's across the board with addiction, maybe with the exception of people. And I'll tell you something worse too, actually, about that. Maybe with the exception of some people who go, they, they get caught up in opioids and heroin or other drugs and they go to jail and they were kind of forced to quit. Okay, maybe that's a wake-up call. Maybe someone has an intervention in alcohol and that's a wake-up call. But like you said, uh, nicotine is, it's it's not like that. It's yeah. more insidious. Life can go on pretty mm-hmm. normally with nicotine, minus all the stuff we talked about. Mm-hmm. But um, it's, um, I forgot what I was saying when it comes to that. When we're quitting, life goes, oh, Waiting for a bad moment to come or when you're ready, some people say is like, oh, I'll just wait for something bad to happen. That's not a good thing because you you become more fearful. And if your coping mechanism for handling stress and fear has been vaping, you'll actually just wind up vaping more. This is why mm-hmm. so many people who get diagnosed with cancer, they just keep smoking. They thought like, okay, this is the big one. I'm going to stop. But that's not how the addiction works in the brain. The addiction says, oh, you're scared, you're stressed, you have cancer now. Smoke more to calm yourself down, mm-hmm. um, you know, because that's all the person knew. So I do tell people, don't, if you feel like quitting, quit. Like what's the, don't, don't let anything stop you. Just, mm-hmm. just start quitting and then deal with the, deal with it after you start. Like worst case, you screw it up a bunch of times and you keep trying. Like, but mm-hmm. just start. Don't. Yeah. Don't wait. Yes. Yes. Every effort, every effort counts. Like even if you mess up your first quitting experience, it's just going to help you, you know, try better next time. Like that's what I've learned from my multiple like quitting experiences or attempting quitting experiences. And yeah, like you're not always going to be ready for it. And you have to also like separate yourself separate nicotine from being like your stress reliever or like your anxiety like because it's not it is not and you have to realize that is not it just amplifies it because guess what five minutes later nicotine out of your system you're gonna think about getting it more like it's this constant like rat race in your mind that for no reason <laughs> it's not no reason. that's one of the big beliefs that a lot of people have a hard time breaking that it's relaxing or stress relieving if you can start to see how why it isn't I think that makes quitting much easier. Yes, much, much easier. Because that's what people mainly do it for, I feel like. That's it's their one of stress. the major perceived benefits. Perceived benefits. Mm-hmm. That's relief. And a, yeah. uh, the big reason a lot of people don't quit is that they're they're like, oh, I'm going to be in such a bad mood. I'm going to be so irritable. And I'm like, okay, for a few, like for a little bit, <laughs> like just deal with it. Like you're already moody in your day to day. Like what? Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're already moody. You're yeah. already being a prick right now. Like w- whatever. Like it's not the first time I've been a prick in my life or I've been irritable around someone. It's not going to be the last time because that's part of life. You get irritable sometimes. That 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 is life. And I understand yeah. it's a little, ex- might be excessive in some people's cases when they quit. But like you said, so what? you're going to move on from it. It's going to pass. 
Yes, everything, it will all pass and you'll feel normal again. And I'm telling you, it's so worth it. It's so worth not being attached to a piece of plastic and to chemicals that are just wrecking your mental and physical health for real. So I know you have experience with nicotine, but how about cannabis? Yeah, of course. Um, so like I said, our tagline for our company is we help people quit nicotine, THC, energy drinks, and adult media content. Substances I once struggled with. So, yeah, we do a lot with cannabis. I'd say a majority of people that work with our programs are actually there for cannabis-related stuff. Hmm. And most people calling are anywhere from the age of 30 to 70 years old. Um, I, I don't get many younger people calling for cannabis. It's typically people who are like 30 to 70. Whereas with the vapes and the nicotine... It's across the board. I might have mm -hmm. someone who's smoking cigarettes in their 60s. I might have a kid in middle school who said, who told their parents they saw me on TikTok and they, they want to get connected to me somehow. So, yes, though, cannabis is a thing that I have experience with. I smoked cannabis for a long time. I did dry herb. Well, actually, not that long in comparison. I probably started consuming cannabis around the age of 22, 23 in college. I never smoked in high school. I always stayed away from it. I saw it as like this bad thing. And then when I first started smoking, I, I really loved it. Like I really enjoyed cannabis. And at the time I did, school was pretty intense. And um, honestly, I wound up doing better in school when I first started smoking. I, I had stress relief. I was sleeping better. There was a lot of benefits. I drank a lot less. Mm -hmm. I was I, you know, I never had a problem with alcohol, but I binge drank a lot, like pretty heavy. And um, that like pretty much got erased when I started smoking. And um, it was really good at first. And then time went on and I smoked. A, I, it kind of picked up. I was smoking more. It became a daily thing. Only in the evenings. I couldn't do it during the day because when I smoke, I just like hit the couch and zone <laughs> out. Um, yeah. Where some people get real motivated and excited and that, that wasn't me um and then i got into the black market products i got into the cartridges mm -hmm. and that just like threw my life into a downward spiral what would seem like overnight um i don't know if you were around or if they were in your state but state but dank vape cartridges mm -hmm. made their way through here and like i said here i am like you know, I, I have a doctorate in chiropractic. I have a, a very well-run practice here in the States. And here I am, like, reading a dank vape card. Like, oh, lab testing. No QR code or anything. <laughs> and I'm like, that's good. Um, so, you know, I that, that, was, that was then when I quit. I started to develop uh, the first stage of cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Okay. And that's then when the quitting process of cannabis started for me. Mm. And so, cannabis and nicotine, I was quitting right around the same time. I actually would say like cannabis came first and then within a week or two, nicotine came. Wow. After. Good for you. That's a, two big addictions. Like boom. It, it, it back was, to back. But like I said, my situation too, like with the CHS, like I was, I was pretty sick. Like I mm. really was at a point, like it would have been cool to say like, no, I was at this point of great strength. And I was like, <laughs> I'm done with this. And I, I got them. Like, no, like I was, I was pretty jacked up. I was mm. like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble if I don't do, do something. Mm. So what symptoms did you feel from CHS? Yeah, for me, it was really simple. Um, I just had, uh, it was morning nausea. Hmm. I felt like I was going to throw up in the mornings, but I wasn't actually throwing up. 
And I had trouble getting over one meal a day into my system. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would feel nauseous with more than one meal. And typically I wouldn't eat that meal until the late evenings after I had smoked. Like I would smoke in the evening, I'd feel better, and then I could eat. Mm. Wake up, nauseous, don't really feel good, smoke in the evening, eat, and just keep going down that path. Um, which I think is called the, the, the prodromal. There's three stages. Prodromal, um, hyperametric, and then the recovery stage. So I got stuck in the first stage of it for... Probably about two months. Probably about two months I went through that. Dang. So you would just smoke at night and then you'd be able to eat? That's the weird thing about me. And maybe, uh, yes. And I pretty much throughout all my smoking career, maybe my, with minus a Sunday or a Saturday, I only smoked at night and I wasn't like going through a cart a day or like, you know, doing crazy dabs every day. Like it would just be a little, little bit to moderate amount at night. And mm. that was it. That's then when I would. Yeah, then I would eat. I lost a ton of weight during that time, like an unhealthy amount. I was already kind of thin to begin with, and then I lost more. Mm. And um, uh, myalgia, like really bad muscle pain. Um, like re- like I couldn't exercise. I couldn't weight lift. My, my pain perception got blown so out of proportion. Wow. It, it was just, it was really strange. Wow, that does not sound fun. <laughs> no, it was horrible. And, Dang. And my story is like, a, a light compared to the people that I work with and mm. talk to. I mean, I was fortunate. I never got hospitalized, but like the average person with cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome who calls me, they've been to the hospital seven or eight times. Um, you know, severe dehydration. I had one person with kidney issues from it. I mean, they're in like, it, it's crazy what people go through with it. Like I had a guy yesterday from California call me and it, I don't have a hotline. People text me sometimes, like, I need to speak to the doctor now. And like, okay, first of all, I help people quit. I can't, like, treat you. Yeah. But, like, I, for whatever reason, I was like, okay, I'm just going to answer because I was nervous for this guy. And he's like, I'm ducking my head in a bucket of ice. And he's like, I'm in so much pain. He's like, I'm vomiting everywhere. He's like, my urine is brown. And I was like, dude, you got to go to the hospital. Oh, my um, God. You know, so that was an easy one to tell him he has to go. But that's a lot unfortunately of what i see with chs by the time people call me um Mm -hmm. i don't want to go too much into it because i you know unless you want to but yeah that's a that's a scary you know it's just a scary condition it happens to some people doesn't happen to others but Mm. so for the people who've had these issues have you seen that they like they don't consume as much or do they consume a lot or does it not matter you know it's really weird most most people consume a lot Mm-hmm. I see it way more with the higher concentration stuff like the cartridges. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever would have had this problem if I had stayed away from the cartridges. And mind you, I was using predominantly, like, who knows what drugs were in there. Mm. It could have been way more than cannabis. Um, so, uh, but no, most people I see, they're doing dabs, they're doing cartridges, really high concentration edibles, stuff like that. Mm. Um, now, granted... I mean, when I'm saying I didn't smoke a lot, like I would go home, I'd rip my cart maybe four times and that was it. Like I'd pack a little one hitter and rip a one hitter and that was like Aww. the extent of it. I had a volcano vaporizer too, which I guess some nights I'd use that and that would be a lot more. But um, like I was someone who wasn't super heavy into mm. it, like, you know, the people calling. So it varies, but most people high usage for a long period of time. 
Dang. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I actually interviewed this guy who makes a DNA test to see like what cannabinoids, terpenes would pair well with your body or like uh, what you're predisposed to, like say maybe CHS. I don't know. So maybe your like receptors are really sensitive to it. And I feel like certain people would really benefit from taking that DNA test and finding out what they should avoid. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And I think that individual, if they get that patented and put into the medical field is going to have oh, tremendous, yeah. like they're going to make a lot of money with that and do help a lot of people and do very well. Cause that's just it. Everyone's different. Like my system is different. My endocannabinoid system and its response to things is different from yours. And yeah. we don't know a lot. Like, how does the endocannabinoid system change throughout the years? Like mm. at uh, 20, it might have looked different than it looked for me at the age of 30. So uh, I have so many questions about that system and how it works and why it works. And yeah, there, we, we could go on and on about that. It's, it's a fascinating thing, but I think there's a lot of value to what that guy Oh, yeah. If you're you or any of the listeners are interested in checking that out, it's called Endocana Health. I made an episode with him earlier, so you can scroll through my episodes and find that. (laughs) It's very cool to give that a listen. Yeah. He talks a lot about the endocannabinoid system, so you can learn some from that. Lots of science. So how does someone know they're addicted to cannabis? Because this is a very controversial topic. (laughs) Super controversial. Here's my thing. Like, if I... It's like the same thing we talked about with vaping. And if you're sitting there saying, I don't want to be doing this anymore, but you're continuing to do it, that's that, in my opinion, is an addiction. And and certainly if it's starting to damage, like if you're spending money on cannabis versus food, that that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you're if you're losing out on relationships, that's a problem. Like if you're seeing the classic signs of addiction that's that's a problem in my opinion continuing to do something you don't want to be doing anymore despite efforts of trying to quit now someone could say uh i need cannabis to eat i need cannabis to sleep i need it to function like it's really just a part of my life and i'm thrilled with cannabis as a part of my life it's enhanced my life that but they say you know look uh when i stop using it i can't sleep and i can't do these things Maybe there's a dependence, maybe there's an addiction, but I would not view that in like a bad light for that person. If they're saying life is good and they're happy, keep doing you. Like that's not a problem. I say you have an addiction, when, or at least the addiction that I care about is not if someone depends on it or needs on or anything like that. I care about are, are, is this something that you're trying to stop doing and you feel you're incapable of stopping? Mm-hmm. That's, that's where I think, just like the vaping. The same, the same thing. If you got listeners listening to this and they're feeling some type of way about vaping and they're like, oh, maybe I feel that way about cannabis. Just think about it. You know, yeah. maybe you do. Maybe it's two totally different things. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, cannabis has been a blessing in my life and nicotine's been the devil in my life. That's fine. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's how I would tell someone they're addicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. Like I make videos on tiktok about this stuff too and like a lot of people don't believe that cannabis can be addicting they're like it's dependency it's only dependency i'm like that is not true um i know people who like have serious withdrawals if they don't uh, smoke cannabis and i believe if you have withdrawals 
that's pretty much an addiction. People love terms like dependency yeah. addiction. Like, I don't know. I probably Ew. can't even define it. It doesn't matter. Like your, your body's jacked up right now. Your yeah. life is jacked up right now. Like it's a problem. Call it what you want to. It's a problem. Yeah. Um, so no, I, yeah, I love those on TikTok. I get blasted on those. <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. Oh my God. People it, love debating things on there. It's, it's awesome that you talk about it though, because, um, and, and that just goes to show your level of like respect for cannabis and stuff, because I tell people, this is not a bad conversation. This is a good conversation to have because it leads to less problems down the line. Yes. The more people that know about, cause th this is the thing. If you take opioids, like had, and I'm not comparing cannabis to opioids, but I think listeners will understand this. Mm -hmm. If we had talked about the side effects early on and said like, Hey, there's some real benefit here. This can shut down pain. Um, but you might get addicted and we have to be very careful and we have to do limited amounts of it and we have to really be cautious. I don't think we would have wound up in the problems we did years later from opioids. And I get worried because I do know there's a lot of people who benefit from cannabis, especially in my opinion, when you talk about all the exciting terpenes and CBD and all these other things, I, I think that the opportunities for benefits are endless. But if we're like neglecting or hiding the negatives Years from now, it's going to blow up again in an extreme, just like it did years ago with the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to be like, okay, that's it. We're restricting all cannabis and banning it. That won't be in probably me in your lifetime. But you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if we don't talk about it and air out the, the pros and the cons, it's not good for anything. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not good for anyone. That's just ignorance. Um, like you, especially, you know, with what I do, a lot of people believe that, oh, I'm just like, oh, cannabis is the cure for everything. Like it's amazing. Like, no, I know there's negative sides of it. I know it's, you know, especially if you're smoking, that's, you know, you're putting shit in your lungs. Like I know that stuff and I want to make sure my audience knows that I'm, I want to show the negative sides of it as well, because if we're going to consume this, medicine or if you want to consider it a medicine you must you know respect it like one you know that's absolutely right and every medicine comes with positives and negatives and exactly cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome is really the epitome of that um cannabis is a biphasic drug so in in too low of an amount it doesn't do much just the right amount it, it helps and in, in many cases and too much, it has the opposite effects. Yeah. So CHS is those opposite effects of where someone takes cannabis to help with their stomach and the nausea, like we talked about, like with quitting vaping, maybe the CBD helping mm -hmm. when you abuse it, it goes the extreme opposite. Now you can't do anything without being nauseous. Mm -hmm. It helps with pain, but when you abuse it, it turns on a different pathway of pain perception and everything becomes painful. So yeah. Yeah, if I, I yeah, if we're mm -hmm. Yes, no, that's a very good thing to point out. Like it's always got to do it in the right amount with everything. Moderation. <laughs> it moderation is key. And like that was for whatever reason with cannabis, I, my brain broke and it just didn't it stopped understanding moderation with cannabis. People ask me if yeah. I go back to smoking or if I could smoke again. And at this point I'm like I, I maybe, I don't know, like maybe I could. I don't have an interest in it now, but I tend to do things too extreme. My extreme was simply taking four hits every night. That was extreme for me. Moderation for me probably would have been smoking on Saturdays, Sundays, maybe an occasional weekday. That was my version of moderation. And mm -hmm. when I had that, it was good. 
when I crossed over that for me, it became bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, moderation. I can agree more with that. Yes. Amazing. So after going through all these, you know, you know, quitting these addictions, why did you decide to become an addiction recovery coach? Because I didn't feel that there was really good information out there on it. Just like we were talking about earlier, like what you said about vaping and the mindset and how you quit. Like, you know, I'd ask about quitting and they'd be like, oh, we'll put you in contact with the state hotline. And they'd be like, oh, you know, don't. And I talk about hobbies too, but they'd be like, don't you have a hobby you can do? Or have you tried Nicorette? We can send you free Nicorette. And I was like, I could buy it if I wanted. I just didn't feel that anything was very good. And I felt that Alan Carr's book, was particularly effective. I, I was upset that no one had told me about that. All the people that tried to help me and, and claimed to know what they were doing with quitting, including all the different doctors I saw. And I just felt that so much of it was being pushed at such a fast pace on TikTok, like pro nicotine addiction. Yeah. Right. Like very hardcore. I was like, I know half these people don't want to be doing this. Like mm-hmm. someone has to talk about it in a way that's relatable on a platform that people are actually on. Mm-hmm. And that was what kind of got me into it. And then once I realized we were getting traction, I turned it into uh, into a company, you know, and it was really just out of like, I wanted something that I didn't feel I had access to when I was trying to quit. Mm. And now it's become, you know, much, much more than that. But yeah. What have you gained from it? Well, personally, there's a lot of things. So, um, it's it, one, it's really cool again to help people like that <laughs> truly brings a sense of joy. Like you doing your podcast, me getting to come on as a guest speaker. That's really fulfilling to me that mm-hmm. that's joy creating. So that's one thing I've, I've created a lot of that. Um, obviously we've helped lots of people now on another end. I've learned a lot about business. I've learned a lot about being on camera and I'm still learning. We were talking about headphones earlier. Yeah. I have to figure out lighting in this room so I'm not whitewashed, but it, it, it was a massive learning experience for me. And that has helped me in several areas of, of my life. Like, I mean, it's created a whole nother income from me. We get revenue from YouTube. Um, we get revenue from one-on-one coaching. We get revenue from group coaching. And uh, just most recently, we signed a grant with the CDC to help combat vaping in schools, which is like a a massive grant that went out. Um, And that's, you know, that uh, financially helps my company, but it's also going to help an entire community here in New York. So it's like I what I got from quitting is stuff that I never even imagined. And going back to our conversation about those feelings of like boredom and what do I do with myself? I like in my boredom, I chose to pick up a microphone and a camera. Mm-hmm. Like who would have thought that that would have turned into a career that's helping people and getting to go on amazing podcasts like this and do like, I never would have thought quitting vaping would have resulted in that in a million mm-hmm. years. You know, yeah. I thought I was going to die if I quit, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, not live a better life. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if that answered your question. But. That, that definitely answered my question. I mean, me too. Like quitting nicotine like completely changed me. I started believing in myself and my abilities. I was like, if I can quit this very difficult drug that was taking over my life for years, then I can do anything I want. You know what I mean? And that mindset shift is what will help you on your journey into like success and like doing stuff you love. And yeah, it's... <laughs> 
it's so worth it, guys. You you hit the nail on the head, and it's doing something hard too. So like mm-hmm. when I'm facing business challenges now or stress situations, which I face, every, the more I create, the more stress I take on. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, damn, I go back in my head sometimes to like quitting. And I'm like, I've been here before. I've been in these struggles before. And what did I do to get through it? How did I get through it? What tools did I pick up from quitting? And I just go back to those. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's really neat. Like it's, it's a really neat thing. Yeah. What doesn't kill you makes you strong. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. It's a great way of putting like, it. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It really does something to your brain. But yeah, this was an amazing conversation. Please tell everyone where they can find your socials and all that coaching, everything. Yeah, really simple. So it, the easiest place for people to go would be to the Addiction Mindset YouTube channel. We have videos on there helping people quit, nicotine, THC, energy drinks, and adult media content. And if they go to the video descriptions or the pinned comments, they can find all of our free courses, our paid coaching, our group coaching. It's all located right there. Um, and then we have the TikTok, Doc Frank here. And uh, there's a link in the bio there with all of our contact information and socials. Um, we don't actually have a website. It's just a series of different landing pages. Um, I've, I found that to work better than a website. So <laughs> there you go. Awesome. I appreciate you so much for coming on. This is honestly like one of my favorite episodes I've recorded. I really enjoyed this and I hope, you know, my audience can listen to this whole thing and get all, you know, this knowledge absorbed in them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate you you taking the time to have me on. I, I really no, enjoyed thank this you. as well. I've, I'm honored to have you on. No, not at all. Not <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. Well, that, that, flip, that, that, that script could flip in a few years. We'll see. I might be the, I might be the one reaching out to you. We'll find out. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked. Thank you.